0: My name's Travis Sims, and I am the founder and CEO of AGC Accelerated Global Connections.
1: And this is the AGC Experience. Our lives are a series of choices. Each choice leads to a result. Would you like to easily know which choices are the right life choices for you? If you've never met Amy Tyson, owner of Infinity Life Design, make it a priority to connect with her. Amy is a master of feng shui and bat zi, which she calls destiny analysis. She assists her clients in understanding the hidden forces that are influencing their lives. A destiny reading with Amy is like reading a book all about you. She highlights which decisions will bring you to your fullest potential and which choices will lead you down a path of obstacles. If you're struggling with a challenge or you want to lift your life even higher, get connected with Amy and Infinity Life Design on facebook.com infinitylifedesign or subscribe to her online newsletter at infinitylifedesign.com and connect with your infinite life.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here, everybody, tonight. Um, this is my first speaking opportunity professionally. And it's crazy. Becky asked me if I was feeling nervous. And I was like, "Yeah, surprisingly, I am." And for some of you that know me, I was actually a music major. I performed, you know, vocally in front of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people. I've sang the Star Spangled Banner at Viking games, at Twins games, at Brewers games. Unfortunately, no Packer games, which would be like mecca for me. Um, but you know, and so, but I realized, and I've toured Europe and been on cruises and and performed all over the place. What I realized is in all of those things, all I had to do was just sing. I never had to be an expert and stand in front of people and pretend I knew what I was talking about. And so uh, that's what I'm doing tonight, and that's why I think I'm a, I'm a little bit nervous. So I appreciate you bearing with me in that. Um, what I want to talk about tonight is something that's really near and dear to my heart, and that's tackling change in your industry, being a market disruptor. And um, I think the focus of this talk is, is really based on the fact that a lot of us, have products or services that are steeped in competition in the marketplace, right? There's a lot of us that know that, you know, if you don't differentiate yourself, they're going to be going somewhere else. They're already solving the problem. And um, how do you you handle that in the marketplace? How do you face that and and come away with a different perspective um, for your prospective clients that they know and think that you're different? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So... I want to start out by a quick question. How many of you, by a show of hands, just know in your heart of hearts that you have a superior product or a superior service or you're really great to work with and easy to talk to, <laughs> but yet your clients go somewhere else and they don't buy from you? How many have had that experience? And you just don't understand why. Why is that, right? Um, or worse yet, it's, it's them not ending up buying from you. It's also that they just ghost you all together. And it's just that weird, like, oh, I see them in a networking event, and they're, like, kind of doing this thing, like, <laughs> hope that person doesn't come over here, because they pitched me something, and I don't want, I got it from somebody else, and now I feel awkward, and, and so, to me, this brings me back to a, a basic question that we all need to address, all right, and that's, what are we here for? You know, literally, today, you know, what are we here for in our careers? And, um, Changing our mindset surrounding our mission and our goals in the workforce will really help us increase our impact as well as our longevity in sales, all right? And notice what I didn't say. I didn't say it would increase your revenue in sales because to me, that's a byproduct of helping people, right? That's a byproduct of doing something that you believe in, right? So I'm not saying that it's going to help you increase your money. It will, but that's not the purpose. That's not the point. You know, the point is to do the helping, is to become that market disruptor and and change something that you know could be a little bit better in that person's life, whether they already have a realtor or financial advisor or whatever service it is you offer, right? So, um, the fact of the matter is that we're all in sales. Everybody here, if you're sitting in front of me, you're in sales. One way or the other, you have to face that fact, all right? So... And and whether you actually, you know, sell in whatever definition that is for you or not, you you ultimately do sell something. And usually it comes from an outflow of your heart. For me, just a a personal example is uh, I always sell my love for the Packers. (laughs) I'm glad there's a few other here that are gonna plant their flag with me. (laughs) It's perfect timing, isn't it? Because the Vikings and Packers are are playing this weekend. Oh, man. And I'm going to a game in two weekends. Thank you, Keith. So can't wait. But, you know, I, I, I love talking about it. It just comes from me naturally. I love that they're a publicly owned team. I love that, you know, the state supports it so much. You know, I love the championships, the people that play for them. You know, everything, the organization, I love it. And so I sell them because it's just something that I love and care about, right? So you sell something that you love and you care about, and it comes across that way as authentic because people have great bullcrap sniffers, right? (laughs) (laughs) I realize this is recorded, so apologize, but people do, right? They like to see that authenticity. So you're always selling something that most naturally just comes from your heart. Um, Another example that I, I talk about a lot because it's in my industry, is direct primary care and lo and behold we have my direct primary physician loafing around over there <laughs> and I love the fact <laughs> <laughs> he's still working yeah and I love the fact that he took a phone call because that's what he would do for me I pay him a little bit each month to have access to him on my phone which is over there and I could call text email him anytime I need to if I have an issue and he's always there it's great access to a physician that I just pay for upfront front and it's a fantastic service, and I love it. And I don't get paid anything to sell it, but I love to sell it to people because of how much I know it makes a difference in their lives. Okay, so a more specific question for everybody is what is your job as a salesperson? And it is. Huh? How oh, you like that picture? Is this your job as a salesperson? You like this car? You like this? I love that. I was laughing so hard when I found that picture. Keith found that picture. Um... So this is a a definition that I thought about for a long time. Most people would define sales or a salesperson, which we already agreed that we all are, as a person who sheds light on a problem and then shows the prospect a product or service that solves that particular problem. Okay? So a lot of you might even agree with that definition. I think the problem with that definition is that it's a little bit me-focused. All right? And I'm going to get back to a better definition later on but I'm gonna talk about change first of all. So we're gonna talk about the phases of change because when you talk to a prospect, they have two solutions once they speak with you. They can either do what they're doing and stay the same or they can change and start working with you, right? Those are the only two options. So because we want to enable, help that change occur and work with us so we can help them, right? We're going to talk about the psychology of change, okay? So there's there's five phases of change. I mean, four phases and then the maintenance phase. And those are pre-contemplation, contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance. All right. So pre-contemplation is when people have no idea that a problem exists or your product or service exists. And some of you might be in that boat right now. And it's even if they are already working with a financial advisor or with a realtor or with your service a product. Because they might be working with one of them, but they might not know that they can do specific things within that industry that they had no idea about. Oh, what about this college savings? Or what about this you know, market whatever thing that I can show you? <laughs> That's the official term. You can see why I'm not a financial advisor. But this is, this is, this is when people have no idea that there's a product or service out there, even if they're already using a similar or um, you know uh, a similar product or service that, that would be in your same category, is what I mean to say. For me, um, a personal example is I had no idea what adaptive cruise control was in a car. Do people know what that is? Some people are nodding. Essentially, you can set it like two or three car lengths behind the car in front of you, and it'll always stay at that distance no matter how fast or slow the people are going in front of you. So you don't always have to hit the brakes. Reset the cruise, hit the brakes, especially when you're in traffic. I had no idea this feature existed. But after I found out about it, I had to have it in my next car. And I do have it. And now Keith is like, I hate that you have that because now I want it. And I need a car that has that feature too. And so whenever we drive anywhere together, you know, which can be daily, we always take my car <laughs> because, you know, we just love that feature. And it's, and it's, you know, comfortable to drive around that way, especially in the city where there's lots of, you know, traffic patterns. So that's, that's... Uh, that's something about pre-contemplation. So what I want you guys to think about is, yes, they might already have somebody they're working with in your industry, but where's an area that they are not aware of within that industry, right? And that's what I need you guys to think about to differentiate yourself is, sure, they could already be working with somebody that does what you do. Don't let that discourage you because there's definitely one way that you can educate yourself to help that person above and beyond what's already happening with them, right? And. I tell everybody this and I say this to everybody, nobody's going to take better care of my clients than me. And that's what I think most of the people have here. You're not going to take better care of your clients than you, right? Nobody else is going to be able to do that. So that's the kind of pride you need to have when you go through this. Contemplation is the stage in which people are aware that a problem exists, right? But they haven't acted on it yet. So, they're aware that, all right, maybe there's a way to do this better. Maybe there's a way to invest better or, or buy a house better or list it, whatever it is in your industry. But, um, you know, they haven't been educated enough. They, they haven't been aware of, of what they can do to make that better. Okay. Preparation is a stage where they're actually doing research and they're like, I'm going to take some action on this eventually. I just don't know when it's going to be. And, um, but it's going to be at some point. So, you know, what are they doing in this stage? You jump on a computer and you go to a website called Google and you learn as much as you can about it. That's what consumers today are doing, right? Action is the actual stage in which they buy that product or service and they actually make change in their life. You know, they switch their advisor, they switch the realtor, they work with somebody else. That is the action stage, right? We would love for all of our potential clients to be in that preparation slash action stage, right? And they're just gonna switch like that But you know as well as I do, (laughs) and this is also why you're sitting in front of me, that that's not the case. Usually 99% of the time, right? Um, Maintenance, then, is just when that behavior becomes a habit and you're used to that relationship or that service or that product and you're going along fine with that. Okay. So some, if not most of you, are to the point right now where you're talking to consumers as if they're at the, the preparation or the action stage, but they might only be at the contemplation or the pre-contemplation stage, right? Where they don't even know what they don't know yet. And so this is where your job as an educator really comes in, okay? So in other words, you're focusing your effort in in a place that it shouldn't be focused on. So what do we know about consumers today, all right? So 80% of buyers, I already mentioned this a little bit, but 80% of buyers do research on Google prior to a purchase. Right, eighty percent of users say that the experience of a company or the education surrounding the company provides, or that they provide, is as important as the actual service itself. Right, because many people have said this before. Everything, right? Quote unquote, everything is becoming commoditized. Right, you can do so much of it yourself or online or whatever. Fifty-one um, percent of all smartphone users have purchased from a vendor they didn't intend to because of the information that was available when they needed it for the purchase, all right? So what I'm trying to make a point with all this is that we need to become the expert, right? We need to become the expert in the industry so that we are the ones they think about when that purchasing decision is about to happen or going to happen or potentially could happen down the road, right? so that we're the ones that they come to when that ultimately does happen and we're able to help them. That's why I love what Anne said at the beginning. Hey, there's a free secondary opinion. You know, there's no obligation to actually do business with me. I just want to make sure you're on the right track. That's fantastic. What a great service, right? And will it end up in sales for her? Potentially. But there's a risk it could not also, right? So that's a great way to be an expert and to refine those skills that way. This is also a big reason why, you know, everybody these days, Gary V, and if you're on LinkedIn and whatever, they they talk to you being content creators, right? You need to be the expert. You need to be a content creator, you know, whatever. And I think that's what that's all pointing to is just you're the person that they think of when they think of X problem or X solution, right? So we should all consider ourselves expert helpers, pointing them to a better way, all right? So how is this accomplished, actually? Where am I at with time? I didn't even... We good? Okay, so how is this actually accomplished? But how? The problem with sales, this is the problem that I think about when I think of sales, is that you can't just come out and just flatly say what the person's problem is. <laughs> or you can't flatly say that your product and service is better and less expensive and it's gonna carry them further and stuff like that because that just comes across as a hacky commission breath salesperson. or right? the car salesman before, like, oh, you want this one, right? And the reason is because we haven't earned their trust yet. So we need to have trust before truth. That's a great line that I always try to practice in my business is, have I, have I earned their trust yet before I can speak this truth? That might be a little difficult to hear because of the relationship that they have already with their, you know, X and X purchase that they've been used to, right? You know, how can I convince them of something when they're pushing me away because they don't even trust me in the first place right that's that's a big issue so we need to have trust before truth so the fact is we need to win them over so how is this done well one example in this book eat their lunch all right anthony in talks about being someone who can infiltrate multiple levels of a company right the hr the c-suite executives the gms the managers influence multiple people in the company and give them education based on their own expertise, right? Winning them over, okay? Fantastic book. Who wants a copy? <laughs> so what, is, what does a sought-out expert do? I believe they educate. I already, I already touched on this a little bit, but I believe they educate, okay? They educate people on the product or service that's going to give them the best tools to move forward with to accomplish their goals, not because of my company being so great and being around for so long and all this kind of stuff. No, it's because of the problem that it's gonna help them solve, right? And the piece that they'll be able to get from it. So I just want everybody to remember that nobody cares about you, yet. They don't care about you, yet. They only care about what you're gonna be able to do for them, right? So I care about you, but your prospects don't, yet. So this might come, you know, with some slower gains. This education process and stuff like that. But you know, when you water their garden, then then it grows up into some beautiful fruit, right? That's what you're trying to accomplish. So last but not least, because I only got a couple couple minutes left. Left. Oh, you want to go to that next? Yeah. This is just this is just great, isn't it? This is what you're trying to do. You might have yeah. You might have seen this slideshow before or this uh, comic before, but. This guy, is, he's, he's at war, right? The, pe- the people that you're talking to, they're in life. They're trying to do life on life's terms. <laughs> they're dealing with it the best they know how. And they're already, they're already doing something that you're... They're already providing a solution to what you're offering. Yeah, you might be able to do it better and easier and more cost-effective, but they're already dealing with it, right? They didn't know about you until you spoke to them. And so this guy has a way to end this battle in the next five minutes, right? Just boom, immediately... <laughs> we're going to end this war right now because holy cow, right? That's, that's, a, that's something that we can do, but and you might have that solution for them, and I believe you do, but it's a matter of educating them and winning that trust over to get that time of day. So to differentiate yourself into wind sales, we need to learn how to poke the bear. Now, this is a guy, <laughs> this guy, no, that's the bear. No, yeah, that's, this is fine. There's a guy named Josh Braun. You can go to poke the bear. So Josh Braun, write down his name. If you're not following him on LinkedIn, definitely follow him. He talks about getting curious with your clients, okay? And this is the last thing I'll leave you with. This is kind of a culmination, a real-life example of what I'm talking about, okay? Because if I go to a potential client, customer, and I say, hey, I'm Ben with Empower Health, and, you know, I do this with my company, and I offer benefits, blah, 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 just like everything else they've heard about, right? That doesn't really differentiate me. That, you know, that doesn't... Talk about the problem that they're facing you know it really does nothing other than just me talk about me which again we we said that they don't care about so instead of that why don't we do this why don't i do this i say hey i'm just reaching out to ask how you as an organization are dealing with the average nine percent rate increases every year on your health insurance whoa now he has to start or she has to start start talking about themselves right <laughs> and start talking about, man, yeah, it has been 9% or more the last few years. What the heck? Well, what does this guy have maybe that I'm not doing, right? Because obviously if I just come in and say I'm a benefits person, they've seen that 100 times, right? So how can I differentiate myself? Or what if I say, hey, has your broker ever worked with you on claims mitigation or cost? Have they done that with you before? Or are they just mostly negotiating the rate increases with your health insurance? Are you aware of how your benefits broker gets compensated? Do you know how a fee-only schedule works? Um, to pay the broker directly to to do a service for you, right? So these are the things that are going to get them thinking. Poking the bear just means that you're kind of gently saying, maybe they're not in the best situation that they thought they were. Maybe the way that we're just getting along and and coming along right now isn't as good as if we maybe worked with this guy who seems like he knows what he's doing, right? So asking questions and being curious, relieving yourself of the outcome because you're just there to help people is how you are going to be able to change your life as far as being a market disruptor and tackling change.